We're going to wrap up a series today, uh, and we've been preaching on it for a few weeks. It's called Knowing My Life's Direction. And we've looked at this over the past weeks, and we've talked about how the Lord wants to direct us. He wants to clearly direct our steps. Okay? He wants to show us what's next. So we talked about how He directs us through Scripture. We talked about how He directs us through the Holy Spirit. And today specifically, we want to talk about how the Lord directs us through other people and even angels. So we're going to look at Scripture on these two things, and this is how we're going to wrap up the series. All right. Psalm 32, verse 8. The Lord said, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. So you must know and understand the Lord wants to guide you. He didn't ask you to serve him and then say, figure it out, have fun. He said, hey, if you serve me, I want to be guiding you. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever been on a trip somewhere possibly overseas or somewhere where they have a guide that takes you on the trip. Has anybody done that? You went on a trip with a guide? Only a few here. Okay, well, if you've heard stories of people going on trips with guides, it's pretty amazing. I remember someone telling me about the trip they went on, and they went on a hike, and it was a hike up a through uh, some junglish area and up a mountain. And on this trip, they had guides. And they set up camp, they got up early in the morning, and one of the guides took them down the trail. And as they're going down the trail, the guide is telling them, you do this, you do that, don't go off the trail over there, you know, don't touch that plant. It's jungle, right? Everything can eat you. But anyhow, they, <laughs> they listen to the guide. And the guide said, there's just one other rule you need to know. If you hear someone far at the back of the line holler this certain hoo-hoo, or I can't remember exactly what it was like that. Let's say it was hoo-hoo. I don't think it was, but anyhow. When you hear that, everybody step off the trail to the left. And they're thinking, well, that's an odd instruction, but sure enough, they're going along. They've been going for a couple hours in the morning, and they heard that hoo-hoo. Everybody steps off the left, and this guy comes running by. And he's running by with a massive pack. And there's another guy behind him, and he comes running by. There's a third guy, and he comes running by. It's the other guides and helpers who have taken down the entire camp and put it all on their back, and they're running. And I remember the person telling me this story, and he was saying, we were having a hard time walking. The air was getting thin. And here they were carrying all our stuff. All we had was a water bottle. Because, you see, the guides were used to the trail, used to the altitude, and they knew exactly how to get people where they needed to go. Well, church, for you and I, the Lord said he wants to be our guide. And he knows us well. He knows the path he has for us. And he knows how to get us where we need to go. So here's the thing. We can ask for the guide's advice and follow it, or we can be one of those rebels who just heads off the trail and does his own thing. Heading off the trail, doing your own thing in some parts of the world is a bad idea. Well, pretty much any part of the world. <laughs> Even if you head off in the 
mountain areas there and go wherever. You, if you don't know what you're doing, you can get in a lot of trouble. So a guide is important. And the Lord said he wants to be your guide. I've met a couple of people who were in their, when they were teenagers, decided that nobody was going to tell them what to do. I've met them when they're older and they are struggling through life, wishing they hadn't made some of the decisions they made. Because guess what? Parents are the first guide in your life. And no matter what, God put those parents there to guide. If you ignore the guide of parents, you're likely going to ignore other guides and authorities in your life, including the number one guide, the Lord himself. But he does want to guide us, and he said in Scripture that he wants to guide us through other people and even angels. Now, in Scripture, angels gave life direction to many people. In the New Testament, they gave direction to Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, and many others. And of course, if you read your Old Testament, there were a multiple uh, events where angels were involved. Now, we know from some of our past messages that you've heard The Holy Spirit is available to us now as believers and God directs through his Holy Spirit and I believe that's probably why we hear less of angels directing because the Holy Spirit has been poured out and is available to every Christian. Yet God still does use angels even in New Testament times. Hebrews 1 and verse 13 gives us a little glimpse of angels and their role. It says, but to which of the angels has he ever said? Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? So angels, their purpose, their role is to minister for God's children. Now, we understand that angels follow the direction of the Lord. They don't follow our commands. We don't command angels according to Scripture. Okay, angels follow what the Lord says. Remember, even Jesus himself said, I could ask the Father now and he would send many angels. So even Jesus was saying that his prayer and his asking was to the Lord and then the Lord God is the one who tells angels what to do. So angels are there to minister for God's people. Hebrews 13 and verse 2 There's another verse about angels, New Testament. It says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. So, New Testament scripture saying that there are times that angels come and obviously appear in human form, and people have entertained angels without realizing it. Now, this is not a message on angels, and I'm not going to give you every detail, but let me just give you a quick summary of angels and their role in God's kingdom. You see, angels are present even right now. They are spirits and can be invisible, but they can also take on the form of humans or appear in their form as large, scarier, warrior beings with wings and eyes all over. And by the way, Angels are never described in Scripture as fat little babies with wings. I just want you to know that. Neither are angels in Scripture described as beautiful feminine beings. Both of those are incorrect 
images of real angels. And I would suggest, if little fat babies with wings are speaking to you, that you get prayer. That is not okay. All right. I don't think anybody's ever seen that, but somehow there's pictures of it. All right, so just know that. Uh, scripture gives some clear picture of angels. And we know that, according to Scripture, angels are neither male or female because they're spirits, but they always take the masculine form if they take form that can be seen, okay? And I would say that's probably because of their authority and their warrior role. But again, they are neither male or female. Now, we hear also in Scripture that often when people saw angels in their actual form, that it was quite scary. And there's many scriptures where they saw the angel and they passed out for fear. I know there's some tough guys, oh, that would never happen to me. It happened to Daniel. He tells about how his knees went weak and he landed on his face. It happened to others in scripture as well. Sometimes in scripture they would be talking, thinking they were talking to a person, and they realized it's an angel from God, and all of a sudden they became afraid that they were going to die. You see, angels are sent by God for giving direction, for protection, but sometimes in Scripture also for judgment. So people back in Old Testament times were afraid to see an angel. But angels are sent from God, and they definitely have a purpose. Now one thing I need to say right from the get-go when you talk about angels, you don't pray to angels and you don't worship angels ever. They are servants of God. There are many angel stories in the Bible, and one of my favorites in the New Testament is a story we read often around Christmas. But I want to read it today. And it is the story of the angels speaking to the shepherds. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped, in snugly, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, we recognize this story from Christmas but I sometimes like to go into it and think, hey, these are real people. Do you understand what just happened to them? The shepherds just got some serious direction, and I'm telling you, that's impossible direction to ignore. An angel shows up. Everything lights up. The angel with his booming voice says, this is what's happening this is what you're going to find. In other words, the angel's telling him, go to Bethlehem, find him. He's wrapped in swaddling clothes. And then a choir backs him up. In other words, the shepherds were given life direction by an angelic musical. 
There's probably some people here going, I could use one of those. I need some direction. An angel booming. And a choir behind them. This is what you need to do. You know, like, whoa. I hear it. And yet I wonder, what did the shepherds talk about? It says after this they had a talk and decided to go. I have a funny feeling there was probably a shepherd named Thomas. You know, because Thomas was a doubter and he was probably like, I don't have a good feeling about this. I think we should pray for confirmation. (laughs) You know, that booming sign from heaven, but I don't know. Or I think about maybe the shepherd in charge of finances. was like, guys, wool prices have been down this summer quite a bit. (laughs) If we lose even one more sheep, it could be bad. I think we should wait. Do you know there are so many reasons not to listen to the Lord? But this is pretty obvious. This was an amazing, miraculous sign. And, of course, they went. We can assume that maybe they left the sheep with some helpers. Maybe they didn't, but they went. You see, the interesting thing about following the Lord in His direction, it takes faith. And see, faith says, He's telling me but I don't see how it can all work out. There's some risk involved with faith, or it's not faith. See, if the Lord asks you to do something, and you can easily do it on your own, there's no problem with that, I don't even need His help, then it's not really faith. Faith requires you to step out of the boat. Faith requires you to take a risk and believe God has said it and that God will make it work. How does he get the glory if he's not needed? Ah, faith. So when God speaks, step out, and it'll be amazing. Now, I understand that there are some situations where confirmation is needed and is important. And for some, you're thinking, you know, I would love to have an angel in a choir backing him up to give me direction. And maybe even praying, Lord, who am I supposed to marry? You would just love for a big angel to show up. Da-da! Choir, back me up. <laughs> you are supposed to marry sister so-and-so. And you got it all figured out. <laughs> Some young guys right now. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> As I told the young guys last night, you'll also have to pray that the same choir goes and shows her. I, I've been kind of wondering, like, I've thought about this. It seems... I don't know if it's more difficult for young people and middle-aged people to get married these days or if it's just not something because society's not encouraging it. But it's like people are waiting forever or they just don't bother. And I'm thinking, why? And uh, well, I was thinking, about this, you know, maybe, uh, this is not a word from God, this is just pastor thinking right now, okay, don't, uh, don't video this or anything. <laughs> But I was thinking maybe people have a kind of mixed up idea of who they should marry and maybe they've watched too many movies or something and they assume that if this person doesn't look like a movie star and act like this person did in the movie for an entire two hours, you know, think about it. In a two-hour romantic movie, the guy probably gives flowers three times, takes them to on a faraway trip, you know, at least twice, well, that's unreasonable. I can only do flowers you know, like every couple of weeks or a month, not three times in an hour. 
Do you get what I'm saying? I think we maybe have a wrong picture. We're like, well, I know who I'm marrying. They're going to be like a movie star. Uh, by the way, movie stars are kind of fake when they're doing movies. It's edited. There's enough makeup there for 10 people. Anyhow, <laughs> listen. Instead, how about pray and say, Lord, who do you have for me? You see, it doesn't matter about looks. It matters about what he said, and he knows who's good for you. Go with what God knows. He knows best. And don't have a fairy tale idea of it. Have a realistic idea of what God wants, okay? And you will be happy and blessed in your life. All right, here we go. Moving on. We know that God used angels a number of times, and I just want to look at one more before I move on to other people. And again, it happens rarely, and I've not had an angel speak to me, but I've met people who have. But I will also give you a caution on this when we finish up. John, in the book of Revelation, was given direction many times by angels, also by the Lord Jesus himself, and of course through pictures and actual supernatural happenings that were in his life. Well, let's read one of those where an angel is speaking to him in Revelation chapter 10 and verse 9. John's speaking and he says, So I went to the angel and told him to give me the small scroll. Yes, take it and eat it, he said. It will be sweet as honey in your mouth, but it will turn sour in your stomach. So I took the small scroll from the hand of the angel and I ate it. It was sweet in my mouth, but when I swallowed it, it turned sour in my stomach. Then I was told, you must prophesy again about many people, nations, languages, and kings. So an angel is giving him direction, and obviously there's some kind of supernatural thing happening. If an angel ever comes to you and tells you to eat a book, and you can actually eat it, something supernatural is happening. And yes, your stomach will be sick after. Anyhow, this was supernatural, spiritual happening, and an angel gave direction. John had the Holy Spirit available to him, and yet God still spoke through angels. So yes, it can and does happen. Now I want to move on to other believers for a few minutes here today, and then again I, I'm going to give you a bit of a caution on this area. It's super important, but we'll speak about that also. God uses other believers to encourage and confirm life directions. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 1. This is speaking to ministers or pastors, and Paul is telling Timothy, who is a leader in ministry, he says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead, when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. You see, it is a pastor or minister's role to give life direction. That is what they are called to do. So you'll hear direction, possibly correction, and uh, rebuke as it says there, but it's for your good, it's for your life journey. Now, that's to the ministers, but of course scripture doesn't stop at ministers. He speaks to all believers. Hebrews 10 and verse 23 says this, 
Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So here now, Paul, by the Lord, is speaking to believers saying, hey, you guys need to get together and you need to encourage one another. You need to speak life and direction to each other. Church, we need each other. You cannot do this alone. You weren't called to the church to do it alone. The very definition of church is a group of people. And you need each other. God wants you to speak into each other's lives. And it's important that we learn how. If you've ever had a prophetic word from another believer, you've had God speak to you through somebody else. And God does this often. God does this because he wants to help you on your life's journey. If you've ever had another believer pray for you for healing, for comfort, the Lord has used somebody else to minister to you. And I believe God wants to do this through each and every one of us. And church, the only way you can do this is if you get in community. Yes, this is amazing. The weekend service is awesome. This is the large group gathering where we get together and we worship and we hear word. But this kind of thing that is being talked about here, this happens in life groups. This happens in small groups. This happens in community areas. This happens at lunch times in the coffee shop. This happens when you're visiting with someone. You've got to be willing to connect. This is real. Lives are changed and transformed. People reach new levels by what happens far beyond this weekend service. So if you haven't joined a life group, you need to. Now, this is my caution on the other people, angels message that I want to look at just for a minute before we wrap up. Remember, we never want to put our faith in other people or angels because our faith and worship belongs only to the Lord. Galatians 1 verse 8 says this, Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. Hey, if it doesn't line up with this, it's not from God. It doesn't matter if it's an angel telling you or somebody else who's well-known. It needs to line up with this. And you will find that sometimes people want to encourage you and maybe it's their own idea. You can still love them, but it doesn't mean it's direction for you. Another scripture in Deuteronomy. It's a strong warning, a strong caution. Deuteronomy 12, 32 says, Be careful to obey all the commands I give you. You must not add anything to them or subtract anything from them. And then he says this, Suppose there are prophets among you or those who dream dreams about the future. And they promise you signs or miracles, and the predicted signs or miracles occur. If they then say, Come, let us worship other gods, gods you have not known before, do not listen to them. The Lord your God is testing you to see if you truly love him with all your heart and soul. I want to say this. 
If you put your trust in a person, in other words, you start to think, oh, I can't really hear from God. I don't know what to do. I always need to go to brother so-and-so. You've shifted where you're not, you're treating him and putting him almost in a place of God. If you think you can only hear from a person. It doesn't matter if they're a prophet, if they've, God's used them mightily. If you start doing that, it's not okay with the Lord. Okay, And I believe that if you start doing that, God will have brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so give you some really bad advice <laughs> just to wake you up. You're not supposed to worship a person. The same with angels. If an angel has spoken to you or showed you something, I find that that is actually really easy for people to think, oh, God has got me special and this is my special guide and I'm going to... Give them everything. That's really scary. I would actually encourage you, if an angel has ever spoken to you, that you speak with the pastor and get some advice and prayer on it because it is such a rare thing. And if God has sent an angel, it might be something that's really important and you need to pray into it. Or it could be something deceptive. Okay, that's my caution. All right? All right, let me say this. All of these messages on your life's path, your life's journey, and how God wants to direct you through Scripture and through the Holy Spirit and through other people. Supernatural, it's amazing, but all of it is meaningless and pointless if you've not accepted Christ as your Savior. Because as we mentioned from the very beginning, your final destination is pretty important. And there's only one way to know that your final destination will be heaven rather than hell. And that is to have accepted Christ as your Savior. And it's pretty simple. It's about the easiest thing there is to do, actually. Scripture tells us that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the grave, you'll be saved. So Jesus paid the price for you and I to be completely forgiven, to be in right relationship with God once again so that we can live connected again with our Heavenly Father and spend eternity in a place called heaven. And all we need to do is receive it. All we need to do is say, yeah, I want that. And we do that by saying a simple prayer to let words come out by what's in our heart. And the prayer really doesn't matter how you would say it. We do this here just to give people opportunity. If in your heart you're saying, yeah, I do want to be saved and even if you're not 100% sure about it, we give you opportunity to speak this. So I'm going to do that right now as a group right where you're seated. We're going to repeat a simple prayer that lets you use your mouth to say, okay, God, I do want what you have. I do want forgiveness. And we're going to do that right now. You can repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I ask you now, forgive me of all my sin." Make me new. Use my life. I thank you now. I am saved. Amen.